This Tennis.com podcast is brought to you by the head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. Head, the power of you. And now here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey guys, thanks for uh, tuning in. Tennis.com podcast, the final one of 2010. We we started off with James Martin, the long lost. Was that this year? Wow, that was this year. He 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 showed the way. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I came in, stumbled. Steve <laughs> Steve stayed all the way. Uh-huh, uh, Bodo's dropped out. Threw some yeah. Aside from <laughs> a couple of side trips, Richard Pagliaro in. Pete Bodo still enjoying the holiday as as only he can. <laughs> Killing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're gonna leave you with the last uh, podcast of the year. We thought we pretty much uh, for we pretty much talked about 2010 to death. I'd say so. We're gonna predict 2011, the prediction podcast. And uh, if you guys remember in in, um, in Tennis Magazine, we we do we did have a lot of uh, predictions from our editors and contributors. So. So we're gonna give it a go here and try uh, try our hand at what should happen next year, which starts like I think it's already started. I, I think yeah, people are already playing. starting now. I think people are already playing uh, the yes. the uh, the Abu Dhabis yep. and the, all that of the world. So so forgive us, we're already a little bit behind. It's <laughs> what uh, 2011 has already started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm gonna throw one out to start. I'm gonna let you guys kind of bounce it whenever you want. We've been kind of hemming and hawing what we wanna what we wanna discuss here, but. But one thing I think that I think will happen, in my opinion, is, is we've always talked about the, the Williams sisters and what the next sort of step of their little story is. It always does seem to kind of go go whatever which way. Lately, it's been all Serena, of course. But I think this year you're going to see Venus Williams win a Grand Slam tournament, and I I say that because for one, Serena for right now is out of the Australian Open. We we and this injury has really kind of taken on a life of its own. It's it seemed like a really innocuous thing at the time, and and she's been kind of sidelined for almost three quarters of a year now. Uh, Venus still, if you look back at last year, I thought she, even for the past couple of years she still had not just winning tournaments, but she's had really dominant stretches of matches. Um, it was leading into, I think, Miami last year, and then she got just obliterated by Kleisters in the final. She still has the, you know, the serve, uh, which is always a huge, a huge thing in the WTA. The, you know, just the way that their serve—it doesn't matter what age she is, she still has the pop that really no one else except her sister does. And I think just at this point in her career, where she is past 30, and I know that the time has got to be kind of dawning that that it won't last forever. I, I think that. I just think that some slam, she obviously has done well at Wimbledon, of course, but even even the, even at the other the hardcore majors, I still think she stands a fine chance. I think at some point amongst this top tier of WTA that really has, still has yet to sort itself out, the Wozniakis, Kleisters, even Serena, I think Venus will somehow get it through, get it done. It seems possible because because of Serena not being there. That's one less really top person. Also, Justine is she says she's going to be back in Australia but she says she's not doesn't expect to be full strength until July I don't understand how that works exactly but um the problem I have with that is Venus it would almost have to be Wimbledon you would think because Venus hasn't won a slam other than Wimbledon since in 10 years that's such a startling fact every time it comes up which just and and it just seems like every time she's playing well and, and seems ready to to do something in a big tournament She's she's steady through the through the year, and she just doesn't do it for whatever reason. 
she can go on spells where just the errors tend to leak off her. That that's we've definitely seen that. You you mentioned uh Annan actually and she's kind of another case where you really don't know what to expect. Like we didn't last year after retirement and now this year she has a full six months off. She had a great start to last year, almost won a major. What do you what do you guys think about what you see from Anna next year? Is she is she another like instant contender at a major or what do you think about her just altogether? I think she's going to finish in the top three if she's healthy. I mean, because she hasn't played since Wimbledon. And I know she's saying, you know, oh, my elbow's still not right. I think that's more alleviate the pressure. But you also look at her at the French. You've got to think she's going to be a big factor there if she's healthy. And she's really downsized her schedule. So I think the whole her whole thing coming back was I want to win Wimbledon. And maybe she's she doesn't want to publicly talk about that anymore for the pressure, but I gotta think she's gonna contend. She also last year start she and her coach uh, Carlos Rodriguez started last year by downplaying her chances. She's you know they both said she she wouldn't have these new parts to her game ready for a few months, and then she did get to the final of the Australian Open. So maybe you know maybe something similar is happening there. Yeah, Richard, you were mentioning a thought you had about a, a particular Russian. Uh, going into 2011. What yeah, do, what I do get you think burned about every year because I pick her every year to either get to a major final or win a major, but I'm going to be a stubborn kind of sucker and go for it again. I'm going to say Kuznetsova. I think she's just got so much game, so much more variety than any of the other Russians. I think she'll be the highest-ranked Russian, and I think she'll be back in the top 10. And I think she could get back to a major final. I mean, she had a horrific clay court season last year the year after she won the french she reminds me a little bit of safin whenever people start touting her she goes into a shell like she can't deal when you pick her but when she's off under the radar when everyone's like gee she's not even a top 25 that's when she usually makes a move when nobody's really talking about her and she did kind of you know she won san diego she had a little bit of run at the rogers cup and I think without Serena around, I don't think she's really until although Hennon has dominated her in the past, I don't think she's really intimidated by anyone else. And I think with her, it's more mental and emotional. I don't think it's physical. I don't think it's an injury issue. I think she's got the ability in the game. It's just her she's head. She's always a good pick because she's so you know so physically superior and athletically superior to almost everyone else. And when you see her play, she just she can just hit the ball harder and 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 move just as well as anyone. So. I've picked her for a lot of a lot of things, but you, you just really never know. Yeah, with her. you never know. Definitely know. And anything. I don't think she knows herself. I mean, she's so kind of flighty that way. I don't. But if she does get on a little bit of a roll, the other thing is she really doesn't have any many points at all to defend from the spring going forward because she didn't really do anything on clay. She bombed out in Indian Wells first round. I mean, she could really just pick up points right from that point on. If she gets if a top 10 seed going into the French, I mean, you got to think she's... You could see her doing something in Australia, too, yeah, if, she, if she's... Sure. Because she is rested and, and you get the feeling that she might, at, without Serena and with maybe at, with her at full strength and sort of refreshed, she, she could do something. A lot of those Russians uh, really have taken huge dips in the rankings and, and could just kind of, with a couple of wins, could like sort of rise from the ashes. I don't see it happening for people like Safina. And that's kind of a really, that's a really strange story how that all turned out. But even Sharapova, I mean, she's down and um, she's in the, tw- she's in like the teens, I think right now, but definitely ways away from what they've been used to. And Kuznetsov is just another example. She's, I think ranked in the twenties right now or so, but um 
What do you think, Steve? What, what, what's something you think about? Well, I've, been, I've been reading a lot of picks or predictions from people saying that that we're going to have a new or a different Grand Slam winner on the men's side this year. Somebody's going to break through, but I'm going to go the other way and say nobody's going to break through. It's going to be Federer and Nadal are going to split them, each winning two. I don't know which will be which, but I could see. I just see it feel like both of those guys are really strong this year. Well, obviously, they've been the dominant guys for all these years, but I just I don't see them. You know, who knows, barring any injury or any freak match or freak upset, just don't see them losing any match in the, at all in the slams. And I don't see anybody else, Murray and Djokovic, as good as those guys are. They just, I don't see them, I don't see them breaking through and winning one this year. For I mean, for Australia, it's it doesn't seem logical to pick anybody aside from one yeah. of those two. It's just really almost I mean, a Feder preference thing. Finished so strong, and the Dolls won the last three Grand Slams. He's going for a for a not a calendar year Grand Slam, but for all four in a row. The so. thing with the thing with those two about the past uh, so many years is that every time, I mean, most of the time they've both been great at the slams, all the slams. You know, every loss by one of them is like a, is an event. But even when one of them doesn't seem to have it, it's the other one seems to just mm-hmm. sort of ride off that and really just you know with him sort of out of the way, even though they wouldn't collide to the finals anyway, they really sort of just take over. And it's been, it's been such, so rare to see. It was just Djokovic and the Australian and Del Potro at the U S open that, um, that both of them actually lost. And that's since 2000, mid 2005, I think is the last time that, you know, before that's happened. It's yeah, just last been... year it was definitely the case where one once one of them lost, the other one seemed to gain strength from a Federer in Australia and then Nadal in the in the other three. Yeah, I uh, I I I do think so, I do think someone will win. Someone will win some other slam. I think I've written that somewhere before. On sure you can find that on the internet somewhere, but <laughs> you're but, going out uh, of the limb. On that <laughs> but it would be no it would be no shock at all if they continue to split. Federer turns. 30 this August. This will he'll final he'll be if I only say final because I feel like he's been around for so so long but still uh, only in the 20s so. Mm-hmm. This tennis.com podcast is brought to you by Head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. The Utech Star Series is geared for players looking to add more power to their game and was developed with the help of tennis legends Andre Agassi and Stephanie Graf. Head to your local tennis store and check out the Utech 6-star, 5-star, 4-star, and 3-star models to amplify your game. And for a limited time, purchase any Head Utech racket and receive a free backpack. Visit headpromo.com to find a store in your area. All right, Steve, so go on a limb. Give me something besides Federer and Nadal are going to take all the slams here. I know you had one more. I think that's going out on a limb, frankly. Um... (laughs) It's true, depending on how you look at it, yeah. I'm going to say that this year we'll see this we'll see the wave of the big men sort of recede. I think Burdich Burdich strikes me as a guy who you know is not going to continue to be a threat a consistent threat and I feel like Soderling has reached his limit. I don't really see him winning a obviously I don't see him winning a slam this year. Um so I know we've talked about you know we also have Isner and Query and I don't feel like I don't feel like those guys I think I like Feel like those guys may have also reached their reached their ceiling as far as ranking goes. Um, so I know we've talked about how big men. This is going to be the start of how tennis was just going to get taller and taller. But I feel like that 
maybe that's a longer term story, but for now and for maybe for this year, I don't feel like we'll see those guys, you know, continue to to make more inroads into the sport. But also, of course, that leaves out Juan Martin Del Potro, who who um, I mean, he's a superior talent to to any of those guys, and he's coming back this year. So that that could, you know, who knows what 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 he'll be like. I don't think you can expect him to do much though until. Know, through the first three or four months of the season, since he's just coming back in Brisbane, he seems a guy who has to, would definitely have to work. I think his way back in for for sure. Um, just almost just purely by looking at his strokes, they're just as much as much power based as there are also very timing based too. So and and he he only came back for a he's turn. Gone, he's been gone for a long time. Yeah, he only came back besides the Aussie Open. He came back for a couple of fall events, I think, in Asia, and it was just kind of really quick. See ya, and uh, and he called it a year. I think probably smartly, but it was a lost year for him after that that huge breakthrough at the Open. Um, guys like Query and Isner, I, I guess I, I do think you're right in that neither of those guys seems to strike me as a um, at least a consistent top as as consistent as at least their results have been over the past year. I, I was surprised that they have kind of remained up in the top 20 for so long. I mean, I know they have the games to kind of be anyone and every day, but they really did stick around there the whole year. But I, I don't, I don't, I agree with you. I don't really see them as, I guess, players who can, I wouldn't pick either of them strongly to continue their ascent, but, but guys like Soderling really have impressed me over the past year. He, he, when the more I watched him, cause you saw so much of him in, in later rounds of bigger tournaments, just all the time, he really did seem to kind of marry a uh, a little bit more of a consistent stroke with with what he was doing when Soderling was on, you know, in in the tournaments he'd be Federer, of course. Um, at the French, it just seemed like no matter what ball he was going to get, he was going to just thwap it and just and it was really it was really up to him to 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 lose the point. It was all on his racket, but. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's a it's a tough column of big guys, especially Soren, because he has done this for two consecutive years now. But Burdich, I think, is a more interesting story. He he really just kind of has been disappointed for so long, and then this year finally started to figure it out, and then he just ended the year in kind of a tailspin. So, um, Richard, I know I, you meant. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, the ahead. thing I like about Query is that he does it on every serve. You know, he won on grass, he won on clay, he won on hard court. Now the question is can he do it at the higher level he's doing it at 250 level tournaments which he said last year look they're just not going to do anything for my ranking anymore he's got to step up at a master's level tournament and get to a semi or get to a final he's got to do something in a major i think he's capable but he's one of those guys that needs help from the draw like i can't see query mm-hmm. going up against a nadal federer Djokovic in a, in a major or in a Masters and putting the hammer down. I just don't think he's ready. He almost seems like the guy. He's like number one ranked in the two fifties. Exactly. Can't, yeah. Can't exactly. seem to get any traction you know, at the next at the next level at the you know sort a of big like guy great level. at the small tournaments, but he's got to play big at the big tournaments. And whether he if he can do that, I mean he's he's got top ten ability if he can do that. I I love Del Potro's game, and I think he's so young. He's so talented. It's if the wrist is healthy, I definitely see him coming back in a big way. And the fact that he's entered a tiny tournament like Delray, that shows me he's got some desire that he really wants to make an impression. I like him so much that if he's healthy, I'm going to say Argentina is going to get to the Davis Cup final because now Bandian has said 
that's the big goal the rest of his career is to win the first Davis Cup in Argentine history. And Monaco had a real strong finish to the end of uh, 2010. He did well on hard court, some of the indoor faster events where he, that's not really his surface. He stepped up. So I think if those three guys are healthy, they start with Romania. They would possibly play the Czech Republic, which would be a really good tie. And then perhaps Serbia or Russia in the semis. But I really like Argentina if they're healthy. If they're healthy. As long as they're if getting they're along. Healthy. Yeah. And they're getting along. Exactly. Too. As long as they're not killing each other. Deep Davis yeah. Cup talk. Yeah. Early in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that all, was a all five of us who care about that. Yes, Cup, you know? that was a colo- I mean, that was a colossal disappointment for Argentina when they made the final two years ago against Spain. And they blowing it at home. Yeah, yeah it was at home. They um, they chose. You know, they had the court choice, of course, and they nullified. And Nadal did not. That was the one he did not. The big play. match was Del yeah, Potro did. lost Del the Potro first lost match to, to Eflo to Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that hurt him. That's stunning, yeah. And uh, that was, yeah, choice of, you know, in, indoor hard, whatever. And um... But you look at it like, hey, now Benny came back. He won DC. He looked pretty sharp. And I think he's one of those realistic guys that he knows he's not going to win a major. So I'm not going to win a major. So the Davis what Cup can I do? I can win. Da- yeah, exactly. I think that he's going to be really committed. Now, Del Potro, who knows with his with his wrist if he's going to. But he's always played in the past. So I think you get those two guys playing they're good on every surface and you put Monaco in the mix. I mean, that's a pretty good threesome if they're healthy, you know, if, and if they don't kill each other, <laughs> that's also true. Um, I, I started this off with a, with a, with a little, uh, with my Venus prediction, we're going to end it with another sort of non, non player specific prediction, but a, um, a sort of portentous thought about the tour. When you, when you remember the, that Wayne Odesnik, who, who was suspended for two years by the ITF for getting caught with HGH uh, last year um, heading to Australia. And a couple weeks ago, we didn't really talk about this much in the podcast, but he he got half of his suspension reduced for basically, pro- from what I read of it, is providing information that that the ITF said was substantial and probably, you know, what I take out of it is he, he either gave some names or, or something about it. I mean, to get a suspension reduced by by that grade of a, of a date is is pretty telling to me. So I feel like my my second prediction will be that in some way there will be some sort of, um, I guess, performance-enhancing bust that comes out of tennis this year. I, you know, it could be a player that's sort of an obscure name like Odesnik. It could be, you know, it could be even an even bigger name, I guess. But I guess when I read that he was going to be, he's he's free to play, I guess, starting now, from what I read, uh, that was a pretty interesting little tidbit yeah, we of don't, news. Yeah, we don't really know. We haven't heard anything from the ITF. They haven't told us what he said, what he said, or, or who he talked about. There hasn't been anybody suspended yet. Um, so I assume they're investigating whoever he talked about. But they also mentioned that that he would have to be a um, informant for the rest of his career, for whatever he sees. Well, who knows what that means? Now he's obviously a marked he's man. Wear nobody's, a wire. Nobody's actually going to show him a lot of, <laughs> yeah. you know, show him much. Um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe that was more of the other side of it. Maybe that was more of why he got the suspension reduced. Maybe who knows? Maybe he didn't give up a whole lot of. Uh, big names, but promise something for the future. I don't know. We just, the ITF has kept us, kept us under wraps so far, but yeah, you have to figure if he got, it was a pretty high profile case. Um, 
the ITF looked bad in 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 the, this was found out by the Australian authorities, not by anything to do with with uh, tennis's drug testing program. And so to, for them to ha- cut it in half, um, which in such a sort of famous case, you do feel like there he there is something significant there. Yeah, and the thing with him, he's got that rep of kind of being a loner when you ask the other American guys. So I don't know what what he could give, but he, he had also, to he had to cut some kind of deal to get that. He also that. had was accused, I think, in some match fixing at one point. So who, who knows? Maybe there's something. Maybe some something with that. Yeah, sort of cut across all board, get him sort of one <laughs> everything. You know, everything. You know, <laughs> all the bad side of tennis. But you gotta feel for someone like when he he gets that deal, Gasquet gets his deal, and Hingis was done for the like where you know it just seems weird. Like it's almost who your lawyer is. It tends to be some sort of wacky <laughs> happening of. Of, of of the the ITF always seems to get involved with it. They're I guess the arbiter of this type of thing. But there the Gasquet been, one is the most absurd. Yeah, yeah. There, there's been some some strange ones over the past few years. And I guess so. Desnick's fallback was well, they got the HGH in my luggage, but they I never tested for it, which they don't. From what I understand, they can't test for it right now because it doesn't come up in some of those tests. So I don't. I guess that's what he was kind of claiming, like, well, it was in my luggage, but you don't know it was in my system or not. But then again, you're not going to carry HGH all the way to Australia if you're not. But then for the ITF, having it is the same. They, you know, they're in their the way they look at it, having it is the same as being tested. Exactly, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite memories, underrated memories of 2010, will be Sam Query just pumping himself up, going (laughs) gung ho because he wanted to beat the snot out of Wayne Odesnik in Houston and. But uh, yeah, if only Sam could bottle that emotion and yes, bring it out if to only. every uh, you know every turn. My favorite moment was the handshake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> looked not that happy. Yeah. Any parting thoughts, gentlemen? Last last of the year. Not like you won't be on here in a couple of days for. I see one, Serena but... going on Home Shopping Network, marketing those uh, you know casts with the crystal on them that she's yeah been she's wearing. done a lot. She's I done a lot see for her the doing boot. that. The boot, yeah, I see her marketing that boot. Well, that's Maybe something a we, signature boot. Something we didn't, like that. They didn't talk about with Serena. I mean, who knows? Because remember, she came out the open that year with a kind of the shin guard look. That year, where she wore the the denim skirt, I could kind of see her bring. She should through. return to Indian Wells. That should be her return. That yeah, year. right. Just right. for total unpredictability. Play yes. mixed with Wayne Odesnik at Indian Wells. Mm. That would be incredible. I told you some. I told you mixed doubles is going to get some more attention once the Olympic thing, once the Olympic event nears. People well, we're looking at Serena Roddick. From what Roddick says, she's already on board for that. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah. We'll see if any. We'll. we'll We'll get back to you in a year and see if any of this came true. But anyways, uh, thank you to Richard and Steve for uh, joining me, and thanks for listening. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2011. Ed McGrogan signing off. This Tennis.com podcast was brought to you by the Head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. Head, the power of you. For more news and information, head over to Tennis.com. Thanks for listening.